This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, and I hope he's enjoying the low-key Nightmare Before Christmas ad that we've been getting, Ryan Nelson. (laughs) Justin, when old much says he lives here now, he lives here now. Yes, he does. He definitely lives here now. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about with uh, with Old Munch in, in this one. At least one of those things is what his actual name is. So uh, we yeah. got quite a bit to talk about. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since we started the podcast last year, thank you for continuing to listen and making this a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it. As we talk about the first, I'm sorry, the third episode of the fifth season of Fargo on FX and Hulu. Excuse me. If you're new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level, and when you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you want ad-free access to the podcast, any level of being a Patreon supporter will get the show ad-free. It doesn't matter which level you're signing up for. It could be as low as the 3, as high as the 20. does not matter. All four levels will get you a ad-free edition of our show on the Patreon app. If you can't be a patron, though, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, you can write us a review while you're there on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you would like to interact with the show, we'd love for you to do so. Go to your email inbox, open up your email, and send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts, any questions, anything that you would like to just... Uh, any- Thing you'd like clarification on we'd love to hear that just go to your email inbox and send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, so this is the third episode of the fifth season of Fargo. Uh, we were both very, very high on the second, se- the first two episodes. Uh, what were your general impressions of this third episode? Really love this episode. There's one thing that I'm a little little nervous about okay uh all's uh timeline yeah that's true yeah i'm a little concerned about that but this is something that fargo has you know kind of played with in the past and for the most part pulled off so i'm not that concerned about it but i thought this one was the tillman boys their best episode because i thought we got a lot of roy gator yeah uh, and just Mm -hmm. Just seeing how you know menacing and bad they are. Yeah, uh, and one of the things that I meant to mention it when we were covering the first two episodes because they drop a, uh, a, a "This Is Halloween" song in. Yeah, from, this had to have wanted to come out during Halloween, but they pulled it back. Because must of the have, strike. Yeah. and because they like I said, there's that song from. Uh, there's that one song in there for, that's in episode Nightmare. two, I think. It's Grimm's from Nightmare, yeah, from Fortress. Nightmare. Uh, and then, like, there is a huge, like, emphasis on Nightmare Before Christmas in this because they've got Jack Skellington decorations in a bunch of the yards. Yeah. And then, like, at the very end of uh, the episode, when they're pulling up in that van to, I guess, go after Dot, as I'm assuming what they're getting ready yeah. to do, they're all in Nightmare Before Christmas 
masks. <laughs> They're all wearing Nightmare Fortress. Well, did you see Noah Hawley talk about this? No, I didn't. He said that Gator is similar, similar to Jack Skeleton. Because they're they pretend to be scary, but deep down they're softies. Oh, okay. Well, I can I can you know have, have you seen Night Before so, Christmas? It's been a long time. It was my mom's like favorite movie of all time. Oh, I've okay. seen it a number of times, so uh, I'm really really familiar with it. So I like that comparison because yeah, I mean that's what Jack Skeleton is. He's he appears as very scary and very menacing, yeah. but when you actually get to know the character, you realize that he's very soft hearted, very tender hearted. Uh, and I, I don't know that they're going down that road for for Gator, but it's. I was gonna say Gator has not shown that yet. Yeah, Does but that mean it could just be. I think what they're doing is just that he's not. He he tries. He talks a big game, but he doesn't have right, it. Right. Is what it yeah, ends up being. I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, like he's definitely that. Like like the only the person he picks on is the the sheriff guy. The weaker, yeah, the weaker people like. Uh, Deputy Whitfar. Yeah, because while he's on crutches, uh, he's yeah, going yeah. after uh, you know a, a girl that he says is 100 pounds soaking wet. So I mean, uh, yeah. Like speaking of Deputy Whitfar and Gator, do never go with Gator on coupon day. Oh, excuse me, never let your mother go with Gator. <laughs> on right. uh, like I said, so and this, this show is just absolutely look. You've yeah. seen the episode, season three and four. I have not. We have we both seen seasons one and two, and. Every season I have seen has been incredible. I've heard season four is not good. I've heard that from yeah, yeah, yeah. from numerous yeah. people. But every season I have seen has been phenomenal. And this one is just stacking up right it along is. with those first two for me. Uh, it's just great. Now, I will say this. Uh, I was telling Ryan this before we started recording. Uh, I started getting sick on Friday night. That's, that's when I first started feeling bad. Uh, and I, I was trying. We, we are covering a total of six episodes of television, and you know it's a lot to cram in when you know I've got soccer season going on, all this type of stuff. So I was just trying to get it when I could. It was like eleven o'clock at night on a Friday, and I was struggling with it to stay awake. Not just because the show was bad, it's just because when I was sick and it's been a long week. But uh, so. It was hard to follow at times, and we're going to talk about a couple of things that are hard to follow, but it had nothing to do with the show. I think it just had to do with the fact that I was watching it at a very, very late hour of the night. So, um, But the what's what they do in this is so incredibly great and like they're doing some they're doing political commentary in a way mm-hmm. that I'm trying to think what's the best way to describe it. It's it's obvious, but it's not just so like in your face i agree that it's annoying i agree it's there you know how sometimes we talked about the boys was really pointing at you and saying like if you're a right a real right wing person Mm. this is not doing that and that's in that such a way yeah that like you know anybody could watch this yes you kind of see where they're going but you know I don't think it's that bad. No, and it's really all look. It's basically Roy and Gator Tillman's characters is what the ones right. that they're using to point out yeah. that stuff. Uh, because like uh, one of the great descriptions I read when I was re- doing reading a couple of recaps on this to make sure I had everything straight is you know uh, Roy Tillman is free to do whatever he wants because he's the sheriff, of whatever county it is. I can't remember what the name of the county yeah. is, but he's free to do whatever whatever he wants. And if you're a resident of that county, you're free to do whatever he wants you to do as well. That's kind of like the stereotype of of 
what you know the uh, the liberal side of the political spectrum thinks yeah. of the conservative side is uh, they want freedom so long as it's f- the freedoms that they want you to have, and that's like I said. So that's the that's the way that they're ca- that they're cater- uh, characterizing these characters. That's what the kind of right. like like when his wife is getting ready to you know role play for him. She wants yeah. she wants to be uh, uh, angry feminist, angry feminist, or. Uh, uh, something else, so, but they're basically like women that he would want to hurt. Is basically what it right, is. Right, and like right, I said, right. so they're like I said, it's they're doing the political commentary, but they're not so over the top with it that it's annoying yeah. at this point. Because I, I, I don't like it when they're just incredibly over the top with it. Uh, so, right. So I'll, like I said, you want to make your political comments, that's great, but don't just be completely yeah. over the top with it. And they're doing a really good job. Yeah. Of that, so yeah, I think they're I think they're doing a really good job. I think a couple of things, especially, of course, he has some real weird kinks. You know, oh, we've yeah. already seen the nipple ring. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think his weird kinks is he keeps all the pictures of his ex-wives what the yeah hell? i know what the yeah i know i don't know what and here's the deal i don't they know they've married several times well it makes me wonder are they really ex-wives or are they dead wives yeah that's gonna be a, that's a good question as well so like i said because that we don't really know how what if they are dead if they're still alive yeah. uh, we, we don't know because it doesn't seem like he is about divorce uh it doesn't feel no, like that's no. a, a thing that well, he believes in what happened to gator's mother because gator's mother cannot be uh dot right no no, no. she's not dot there's no way they're too yeah. close in age for for their yeah. him to be uh for them to be mother and son so uh yeah so something's obviously happened to to Gator's mom. We just don't know what. So, uh, and there's just so many fascinating characters in this in this season, uh, and they just continue to they continue to fascinate in this one. So we yeah. got. Well, let's just kind of start with the person who's driving the train. That's 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 Dot. He's played by incredibly played by Juno Temple. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think we talked about this last week. When we talked about the first two episodes. Uh, you know, I didn't know if she could do a whole lot better than what she did in in uh, Ted Lasso, but. Man, she's great, and this is, this is a better. This is better. Yeah, this is better. This is absolutely better. It's just phenomenal what she's pulling off you of know, this thing. Okay, so question about her: that list she makes with the gun show yes. and stuff. Are we going to find out she's like John Wick? It feels that way. I mean, because the moment they walk into the gun store and she starts pulling out, that she like is yeah. an expert with all of these with all of these guns. I mean, it's right. just absolutely astonishing. And like, I we're, mean. Because we are the audience. That, well, I'm sorry, Wayne Lines, uh, played by David Reisdahl, he is the audience. So in this. funny, yeah. Because he's like, "Wow, okay, you know all about these guns. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of surprising." Yeah. And uh, yeah. she is just absolutely fantastic in that in that scene uh, yeah. where she's pulling out all these guns and like, you know, she's got this huge desert eagle in her hand. I know. <laughs> and, like she's just holding it like it's nothing and like it's swallowing yeah. her whole. It's just absolutely incredible to watch her just handling oh, all those guns. Yeah, and I saw where David Reisdahl is uh, one of the leads of noah holly's alien show oh really he's, yeah with the alien series oh, okay he's do he's doing a show with that and it's him and timothy oliphant really when's this yeah. coming out uh i guess they'll probably start filming it soon and it's okay. coming out on fx probably late next year so it's based off like the movies for sigourney yeah Lizard? it's oh. like a prequel oh cool that's interesting uh, that should be fun to watch so uh but yeah juno temple is just absolutely fantastic in this uh you know, and one of the things I also like is 
Lorraine Lyon, who's played by Jennifer Jason Lee, we don't get a ton of her oh, in, yeah. in this episode, but she's being questioned by uh, the police in this one, uh, Richa or Johnny, uh, I think I'm pronouncing Andrea. it. Andrea. Uh, yeah. yeah, she plays in she plays Indira in this thing, and she's being questioned. What's great about this is, you know, she says, you know, it's just the whole differences in class and this type of stuff. She's like, "Why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to. Be, you're here." She's like doing this commentary about police about how you're here to keep certain yeah. types of people in line, and I am not one of those types of people. Right. Alex like said it's the things that they they put in here besides just being an incredibly entertaining incredibly gripping television show and just the things they also are able to work in things like that it's just yeah. absolutely well, what did, fantastic what did you Holly. think about what did you think about Indira's like chief is like yeah yeah we get it we'll, we'll leave you alone yeah i mean he's basically playing into it that's what because yeah. i mean that's the hard thing you know because she probably does have all the power in whatever little town this right. is or whatever it is and you know they're not going to go up against her too hard unless they've got some type of you know yeah. smoking gun against her or anything like that so yeah uh that's what's just what's so great about this uh one of the things i like about juno temple's family in this is david rise on his daughter like they're the only ones buying into into dot's story everybody else is like right like you are there is more to you than what you're letting on yeah but yeah, they yeah. seem to be buying into it even despite the fact that yeah. you know we're dealing with guns and buy, wanting to buy five thousand right. dollars worth of of uh guns and ammo at this ammo store you know he's like okay uh, whatever if you think we need it yeah. then i guess we'll, we need it so and, and i love how dot changes their halloween costume so they can all take weapons with that's them. right so they can all have <laughs> weapons so uh it's just absolutely fantastic and you know that she does something in this that you know i've never seen done before you know obviously there are gps things that people have but you know, oh, she yeah. starts changing the street signs uh, to try to confuse people. How smart was that? It was. It was something like I said I've never seen done in a, in yeah. a television show or a movie before. But to try to throw off your uh, purpose, the people who are coming after you, changing up your street signs. It, like I said, nothing, something that's just innovative and creative that yeah. I never would have thought of. So, um, but yeah, but the person. Well, actually, I tell you, we're going to hold off on him. We'll talk. About, we're going to come back to Old Munch here in just a little bit because he's. We got quite a bit to say about him. Yeah. Uh, but this is, like you said, this is a big Gator episode. Gator is played by Joe Keery, and he is just as phenomenal in this as he's ever been in um, yeah. Stranger Things. What, what a smart thing for him to take on this role. Yeah. But go ahead and tell me more about why you say that, though. Uh, because it's so different from the other stuff he plays. Yeah. And, I mean, you just, we mentioned this last, I would have never thought, yeah, if I, if I'm looking for a redneck cop, let's go find Joe Carey, <laughs> a guy known for his hair. Yeah, you know, but like, just I'm just surprised how well he plays this role because he is sleazy. Well, but I also talked about this last week. You know, this is a a role that we kind of thought he was going to be doing when Stranger Things started. That he's going to be this yeah. jerk boyfriend that was yeah. uh, just kind of hard to like. And but they completely changed the character about two thirds of the way through that that first season, and he becomes something completely different. But and, even he's showing range because he was more like the James Spader '80s movie villain. Oh yeah. Like this, he is like full on bad cop. Yeah, he's he's you know. Uh, uh, what's his name from Dukes of Hazard? Uh, the the deputy. Oh, uh, oh God, Roscoe Pico. <laughs> Rock, yeah, he's more like that in this. Uh, yeah, he is. He is a lot of Roscoe in him. Uh, so, like I said, and that's just kind of he, he's just phenomenal in in this role. And his dad, played by John Hamm, 
And John Hamm can play a great villain. He really can. Oh, yeah, he can. And, and he is doing a phenomenal job in, in this. He apparently, you know, that's the scary thing. You know, a bad guy who's got the law on his side. Uh, in, or, oh, I know. Can, can make yeah. the law on his side or whatever. And that's like... Well, the, he is the law, isn't that what... That's what he said. Well, yeah, that's what he tells us, that he is the law. Uh, and, you know... This is it's that terrifying thing because if if the cops are crooked and the people who are supposed to be protecting you are crooked, uh, then you you have to pretty much be in line with whatever they want. And because if you're not, then you don't have any recourse. There's nothing you can do yeah. to to protect you unless you just hope the feds can come in. And that's just kind of what's great about his character. And that's what's great about this entire about this entire episode is it feels like they're really putting a an emphasis on debts that have to be paid. Like there's a whole lot of people who have to pay some debts. So Dot's got to pay the debt to yeah. her for to her husband in in Roy uh, because he left her ten years ago and he doesn't he never knew what happened to her. Uh, you got Roy who has his own debts to pay to the feds. Um, Gator to and, Ol. Then Gator to Ol uh, and Ol, which we'll talk about. So let's let's take a real quick break about, and we'll talk about him real quick. All right, so uh, this also this was a big Gator episode. This is also a big Sam Spurrell episode who plays Old Munch. When it turns out, uh, we, we find out that his name is actually supposed to be pronounced Ula, I think is what they said, Ula Munch. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be calling him that. I think they're still going to be calling him Old Munch, but I think that's just kind of the revelation is that it's actually his name actually is supposed to be pronounced something different, uh, but we don't pronounce it that way. So we're going to keep pronouncing it as Old Munch unless they change it in episode four uh his character was the weird one this is when they introduced yeah. this and they do this a little bit in the first two episodes like in the first two seasons where they introduce something weird something supernatural like the second season had uh a ufo like, uh ufo yeah yeah, yeah yeah the ufo comes out of nowhere uh first season you get the fish the, re the book of revelations yes so. so they're doing that but they it's kind of more of just a side thing that they just take a brief moment to right, go away right. from this feels different than that. It does. Uh, it definitely does. Because at first I thought this was just like a flashback to like a an ancestor of his. And it doesn't yeah. appear that is the case. It appears like that no. was actually him. Yeah, I agree. Seems like he's been alive. He's been a sin eater for 500 years. Yeah, so the premise of this character is basically he is brought in. He is paid to eat the sins of a person's uh, based off of this food that they last ate or something. I'm not exactly sure uh, what the what the real dynamics of it are or how it actually, what the mechanics of it are or how it actually works. But he eats something from them and this is eating their sins so that it clears the way for the de recently departed to go to heaven. And he's apparently been doing this since, what, 1600? Is that what it said? Yeah, it was 500 years ago. Okay, 500 years ago, yeah. So that would be yeah, sixteen hundred. So, um, so this has been going on for quite some time. And like I said, it appears that this is actually him, and this is how long he's been around for. Uh, and it's, it's just like I said. Is first of all, is this working for you? What What did you think when you saw this? I was a little concerned because I was like, man, this is really getting out there. Yes, it is. Um, it is working. I really didn't like him at the end where he's like covered in mud like he's doing the senator part again. Right. That was that was out there. I, I you know, the stuff where he just takes over the woman's house and yeah. then calls her mother. You know, that's kinda weird, but I guess I can go with it. 
Yeah. They're taking a risk on this one, I, I will say. Yeah, they are. So far, it works. Uh, let's see more. So far, it works. Yeah. yeah. Let's see what they continue to do with it, because uh, I honestly don't know. Uh, it, they could be going down a long way. But, but like I said, one of the reasons why I wanted to pull it up and talk about it now here is because he obviously believes he is owed something from uh, Roy and from Gator. And he wants to pay back. And that's one of the other things about this. You know, we talk about debts being paid. The debts that have to be paid, they're not necessarily going to be paid with money in this. Uh, right. It's obviously, it obviously feels like Old Munch wants money as well, but that's well, not... Well, he was at, he was at the Tillman house at the end. Yeah, well, like I said, he, but it feels like, yes, he wants his yeah. money, but he wants more than just money. He wants yeah, some I of this agree, to be, yeah. he wants somebody to pay via blood for, for basically yeah. lying to him about being a real tiger and yeah. uh, the, the pain and suffering that he had to go through. Uh, so like I said, it feels like there's more to be paid. So that's yeah. kind of one of the interesting things that they're doing in, in this thing. So, uh, like I said, this episode was was great. I enjoyed it a lot. Like I said, it was it was hard for me to stay awake through it just because of uh, when I was watching and how and how sick I was. But it was still just a really really compelling episode. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why it is compelling is because the characters are so rich and they are so deep and they are so well developed. And with a cast as big as it is, when I mean, you've got, uh, you know. Juno Temple is obviously the main protagonist of this thing. She's she's the star, but you still got people like like Joe Curie. You still got people like Lamorne John Hamm. Uh, Lamorne yeah. Morris is in it. You still got Dave Foley in Dave it. Foley, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is in this thing. So you've got these other huge name star people, and they are all just incredibly well developed. And that's just yeah. one of the things that makes this show just so darn good. Yeah, it really does. Let's uh, talk about a couple of quick things. So Dot's real name appears to be Nadine. Yes. Because that's uh, what Roy More Tillman tall. calls. And, and he calls her in, uh, that's a, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Johnny B. Good. Chuck Berry song, yeah, I Chuck believe. Song. Nadine. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. And Roy kind of, you know, is does he have kind of some secret power? Because he looks like he's able to talk to her, or is it just, you know, she, he's haunting her dreams at the same time he's looking? I think that's what it is. I think he's just yeah, haunting her I dreams, think, like, yeah. while he's looking out. And they, they just do a really good job. Of, like It was really well done, because that's oh, yeah. kind of scary. Yeah, it is. And that's one of the things I was, that's another thing that I read is, it's like they're trying to make a horror show in this as much as they mm, are. Yeah. And well, there was music from the shining at the end. Yeah, there was There was music from the shining in, at the end, which is obviously a classic horror film. Uh, so to bring that into, into this show just really says they're, they're trying to, they're trying to make your skin crawl th- for a lot of this. Yeah. I mean, that scene at the end when all four of those guys were in the, in the van with those masks, look, the if you've ever if you've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas, it's not a scary show at all. I mean, it can be if you're, if you're like a little kid, but right. Uh, but those masks, you know, with the way that they with the with knowing what they're getting ready to do, and because the masks are supposed to look scary, even though the characters that in the in the film that they are coming from really aren't scary. It it's like giving the original purpose of the mask back to them uh, because yeah yeah yeah, yeah the, maybe the characters weren't scary but with the on these people who are getting ready to do heinous things and obviously they catch her at some point because we've seen trailers we've seen coming yeah. up on where she's like in a, a mental institution well, and stuff I'm like go, that. I, well I'm gonna predict uh, 
Dot takes out everyone but Gator. Yeah, that, it wouldn't surprise me if that ends up being the case, that she ends up taking mm-hmm. out every single one of them except for Gator. So, uh, It's just really incredibly well done. Noah Hawley uh, is just fantastic at creating mm-hmm. this show. Uh, his, who directs some of the episodes, too? I can't remember the guy's name, but he's really good, too. Uh, but it's just so incredibly well done. Like I said, I don't know if this is going to be better than the first two seasons. It has the potential to be. It has the potential for sure. Which is saying something because if you listen, go back and listen to us talk about the first season of this thing, it, well, I was incredibly impressed by it. And the second season, we never got a chance to talk about. But it was right there with that first season. I don't know which one's better. Some, you, you can argue. Uh, you really could argue either way. You yeah. could argue either way. But I feel like this one has a chance to be, just, to be right there with uh, both of them. Uh, who stood out to you? Uh, what what stood out to you the most in this uh, third episode? Uh, I think Roy Tillman just being the menace that he is. Yeah, because that's kind of the thing that you have to that they do so well in this, and you've got a couple of like, and they're really going out there for for really like getting multiple people as being the menacing people. So, I mean, cause you've got yeah. Roy who is just incredibly menacing just because of the power that he holds and because of the position that he holds, but you've got old Munch as well, just because yeah. of just that character and just who he is, you know, that is, you know, incredibly menacing as well. So well, you've got people hunting each other. Yeah. And then we have Gator who wants to be a villain, but really is it and keeps screwing up. What are the consequences of that? Yeah. And it'll be really, he's a winner. Yes. He's a winner. Uh, and I'll be really interested to see how Roy handles, continues to handle this yeah. going forward. Cause he was a little tougher on this. Episode. He was tougher on this episode, but he still isn't just incredibly, he was, he still is not like fulfilled, like the stereotypical role, like, no. like just like right. smacking his son when he screws up yeah, or anything right. like that. Yeah. So he's not doing that. He's being hard on him, but yeah, he's not doing anything that I, I haven't out of the, out of the ordinary at this point. Right. Right. And I'll right. be just really interested to see if they continue down that road for him. Cause, uh, that's, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the typical thing for them to do in a show like this. So, and look, right. this show is all about not kind of following the standard protocol. Uh, that's one of the things that they yeah. don't do now. I think it's also interesting. And we didn't talk about this. One of the very first things that this season opened up with was the, de- the definition of Minnesota nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to play, continue to play a big part in this. Cause like Juno's temp, uh, Juno Temple's character dot, she like, embodies that that yeah, that, that thing that idea of minnesota nice like they're gonna they're gonna say it to you really nice but they may be saying something really mean about you but they're gonna say it right, in like the nicest right. possible way yeah uh, and i'll be really interested to see if they continue down that road with her and uh, the rest of the characters going forward so uh like i said fascinating episode uh, i really mm-hmm. can't wait to see what they do because obviously it feels like they're getting ready to capture Dot. I don't know if we're going to see that in the third episode or if she's going to be taken already. Uh, I'll be really interested to see where they go with this. The other plot line that looks that we haven't talked about, and they, they develop a little bit more with this, is it feels like Roy is like planning an insurrection. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. He's he, planning something. Yeah, he's planning something with, uh, like, he's got other people involved in it. Uh, yeah. Like I said, his, his father in law, I'm assuming that guy is. Yeah, that's who I think that is. Uh, yeah. I, that I didn't really see coming. I mean, obviously, yeah. I, I felt pretty confident that, you know, Roy had this idea that, you know, he should be, be able to do what he wants and act and, like, like, his county should be, like, 
separate from the rest of the United States. But there's always some nutcases oh, yeah. like him in these those type states that are yeah. doing something, planning something. They don't always follow through. They don't always follow through with it, but, but it feels but, like they're getting ready to follow through in, in yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah. So uh, that's an that's a storyline that they kind of got yeah. that you kind of kind of got to kind of watch and kind of keep out there. So uh, yeah. I'll be real interested to see where they go down the uh, down the road with that one as well. So. Uh, good episode, uh, fun episode. Mm-hmm. Like I said, can't wait to see what they do for the rest of this. Uh, anything else you want to add before we do our weekly awards? No, I think we're good. Let's go on to the awards. All right, let's do it. All right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we are covering a season of a television show, uh, we'd like to do three weekly awards. Up first is our Tyrion Lannister, our MVP for the week. Who is your MVP for this week? I'm going John Hamm. Okay. I, I'm I'm good with that. But why are you going with John Ham? I just thought this was a episode that he really showed himself as the villain, just like haunting the dreams and just showing just just how awful he is. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I thought John Ham was. Uh, look, you could have made a, a case for Old Munch. You could have made a case for uh, for Gator, Gator as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can make a case for for Drew Temple. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, of really, every week you could make a case for her. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of really good performances in in this episode of television, to say the least. So. Uh, the Agatha all along, the best scene of the week. What'd you go with? I really liked uh, Dot and Wayne at the gun store. Yeah, that was a good one. I went ahead and went with uh, the cliffhanger that it ends on just because I'm really interested to see where they go with that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, uh, the one at the gun store, that was a lot of fun as well. So, All right, the, if you come with the king, you best not miss. What's your best line? This is Roy telling Gator about Ole's coming, and it says... Believe me, he's coming. Sleep with your hammer cocked yeah. if you sleep at all. Yeah, that was a good one. I went with one that I kind of referenced earlier from Jennifer Jason Lee's character. Uh, what is your function, the police? I mean, why do we need you? Except as a tool to keep certain element in, to keep a certain element in line to separate those who have money, class, intellect from those who don't. You're a gatekeeper, standing outside the walls, keeping the rival from getting in. But in here, inside these walls, you have no function. You should remember that. Except, uh, yeah, great line from her, and she delivers it fantastic yeah. so all right here on the main attraction podcast we have a five-tier rating system at the top of our list is a succession beneath the succession is a lost middle of the road forest is a friends uh beneath the friends is a full house and bottom of the barrel forest is a baywatch what are you rating the first three episodes so far uh the fifth season uh, of fargo this is a succession yeah i have really enjoyed this season yeah, it really is. It's it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm loving every minute of it. Can't wait to see what they continue to do with this thing from week to week. Uh, it's yeah. absolutely riveting to watch. So uh, I'm with you on that. It's still a succession. So, all right. Uh, this time of the week, we also like to do some things that we're looking forward to. So, what do you have for our listeners this week? Yeah, let's. I'm gonna throw out some Christmas movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that are coming out that that are coming Christmas. Uh, I'm looking forward to Ferrari. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Michael Mann Adam Driver movie yes. comes out on Christmas Day, and the reviews are coming out pretty good. I've seen some people mention it in their top ten, so I'm interested to see how that turns out. Yeah. So that may be a good movie to check out. The other Christmas movie is the Sydney Sweeney Glenn Powell romantic action movie. Oh, yeah. Anyone but you. That comes out Christmas as well. Is it? Us? Uh, if, Yes, if you want to get things going on Christmas, I'd recommend that. I may be checking them out 
What a gift. The gift of Glenn Powell and Cindy Sweeney. Thank right. you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've got actually one thing I'm looking forward to. We'll do two recommendations as well, though. Uh, the one thing I'm looking forward to uh, is Grand Theft Auto. Uh, that is actually the uh, video game, not the crime. Uh, they dropped a uh, trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6. Uh, today, it's been highly anticipated. Rockstar video games, whenever they... They don't put out a whole lot of video games, but when they do, they're 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 big deals. Big, yeah, it's big, big deals. Uh, so they dropped their trailer for uh, Grand Theft Auto Six. So the people have been waiting for this for a while, and it's kind of annoying that they did this because it says coming twenty twenty five. So like we're oh, giving no. we're giving us games over a trailer for a game over an hour over a year away. But if you watch the trailer for it, like there were times I was like. Is this real footage of actual people? That's how good it oh, looked. Wow. Uh, okay. I, so, like I said, I was really, really intrigued by it. But uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 coming out sometime in 2025. But if you want to see the trailer, go check it out. It's only a minute and a half. And like I said, there are times I was like, these look like real actual people in this thing. So, uh, cool. it's it's it, the graphics come a long way from our Super Mario Brothers days when we were playing it, our Nintendos <laughs> back in the 80s. Um uh, so, like I said, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. But i got two things that I'm going to recommend. Uh, finally, after about four or five months, no, five months, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny finally made its way to, to Disney+, Plus, and I finally got a chance to watch it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I will say this. Uh, there's one thing that worries me about this being on Disney+, Plus because there is one scene in it, and... Uh, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. I know you have. It's yeah. it's relatively early in the film uh, when they're at a parade uh, on Moon Day. Yeah. It is one of the worst looking scenes I have ever it seen. It is, it is awful. It's terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's absolutely awful. And my, like, I was having such a hard time with that scene that I almost turned it off. I'm glad I didn't because yeah. it didn't. It's, a, it's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, it's an enjoyable movie. It, I was so taken out of the film by watching watching that when I was watching that one scene it's like this is just not well, good and doesn't look that good that scene and- was in the trailer and I'm telling you that had to hurt the performance I didn't think the de-aging it was okay oh de-aging was it fine was, yeah but like I, I, I'm with you that scene hurt the movie the CGI was not good in this The movie. CGI was not good. Like, I, I will often come on this podcast and tell people, you know, when they do talk about, you know, all the screen screen work and the putting it on the volume and all this yeah. type of stuff you hear, all, I, I will tell people all, almost all the time, I can't see it. I can't tell it. This, yeah. I could tell. It was yeah. that bad. Uh, yeah. But like I said, I was almost taken completely out of the movie. I almost turned it off. And that's one of the things I worry about this with Disney Plus is that yeah. some people probably will and they will deny themselves of what's an enjoyable film the rest of the way. Joy and a good send off to a great character. Yeah, it really was. I like I said, uh, once I got past that one scene, it's like, oh, okay, this feels much more like Indiana Jones now that we're away from, yeah, from really that does. crap. Uh, but it's it is really good. Like I said, so if you're watching it and you're and normally I wouldn't talk about the a scene as much on just a recommendation, but I, I encourage you to get through that scene. I promise you, it gets better from that moment on, uh, and it feels much more like an Indiana Jones film. He's in his, yeah. you know. Uh, in some like far off cast off society and doing yeah. all these things. It's very, very much an Indiana Jones film. Like I said, I really yeah, enjoyed it. Um, like I said, it just has that one scene. That's just really bad. Uh, the other thing that I watched, uh, that I've heard so many people talk about, uh, I finally watched past lives. 
I have not watched this. Uh, it's really good. Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as a lot of people because, like, at the middle of the year, people were talking about like every reviewer was saying this is their favorite film of the year. Yeah, yeah, uh, I saw that, and it's really good. Uh, it's not there for me. I'll just go ahead and tell you that much. But uh, it is still really, really good. It's look, it's, it's. I heard it has a really good ending. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. You, you know, you're sitting there. I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, okay, this is good. This is good. It's all right. Uh, you know, it's well acted. It's. It can be. Some people will find it boring because it's it's pretty slow paced. But when I was watching it, I'm sitting there watching it, and when it gets to the end, I'm not going to tell them anything. It's it's hard to spoil, but like I said, I don't want to rob you of it. It's not really yeah, anything to spoil. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. I haven't watched it. But uh, when you get to the end, you're like, you, it, it's like everything you've watched for the previous hour and forty minutes. It's like. Oh, this is the moment that you've been waiting for, and it pays off in so just so beautiful. And it's a very simple ending. I mean, it's not like it's okay. yeah, like yeah. this big, huge thing or anything. It's just a very, very simple ending. But the way that they pay it off throughout the the entire story, it, that's what makes it just so incredibly beautiful, incredibly well done. Uh, like I said, it's it's not going to be my favorite film of the year, but I can certainly see why a lot of people have been putting it as their uh, favorite film of the year. So, yeah. uh, really, really good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add before we sign off for the week? Yeah. Appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.